0: Prepare for the spaceship now, I'm a space cadet. Big white in my habitat. a lot of stage, like a lady Fuck a rich bitch, having rich set. Smoke a lot of trees, <laughs> need a weed plant. Did take a lean, lean Hello, and welcome back. They might be- Prospects focused, I focused podcast. Down. I am your host, John Troopin, joined today by my co-hosts Joe Doyle and Kate Pruiser. Uh It is the end of summer camp, TM copyright, etc., etc., uh, and we are into the actual baseball season now, which means we've had real uh mlb games going a uh, whole bunch of uh returns a whole bunch of real good stuff a lot of mm, real worrisome some stuff some not great stuff some not <laughs> yeah. good stuff yeah but
1: uh, this is yeah. baseball in 2020 it pats you on the head with one hand and punches you in the face with the other it's
2: like a trip to chuck e cheese's
0: you now stuff. now do elaborate on that because <laughs> yeah. I do need to hear about your Chuck E. Cheese you in, experiences.
2: You have a piece of pizza, some good stuff, and then the children and the nightmare. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair.
0: I yeah. There've I'm been sorry. Some... So you're
1: saying your chief complaint against Chuck E. Cheese is the children?
2: No, I'm saying my chief compliment yeah. of Chuck E. Cheese is only the pizza. I
0: was gonna say, Joe. I have a great news for you, and it is called Dave and Buster's. Yeah. Uh, well, we I can, have. We can make news. this happen. For I you. have greater news for you,
1: and that's that Chuck E. Cheese delivers their pizza and has been doing so during the pandemic, although what? under a different name. Let me
2: let me make one thing clear. Like, I'm not an enormous fan of Chuck E. Cheese pizza, nor have I ever had it delivered. But if I'm looking for one ray of sunshine, it's that they have pizza. So that's baseball Like oh. we have Like we have yeah, baseball Yeah okay I get it But also nasal swab testing Every other day Yes You
1: might have been trapped Into going to a Chuck E. Cheese But hey Pizza We are Kate, trapped in the hellscape see, Of 2020 But hey Baseball That's right I get it
0: I get it Okay I, I think you may have been joking, but I do need to know on the off chance that you were serious what is the alternative name for Chuck E. Cheese's pizza <laughs> delivery?
1: <laughs> it's Roscoe's, I think. Roscoe? Wait, hold on. Let me check. Okay. It, and it, I'm not joking because this was a huge scandal a little while ago. Pasquale's. It's Pasquale's pizza. Um, because they put themselves on like Grubhub and eater apps. Mm-hmm. with under the name Pasquale's Pizza and then people were like, What the shit? This is Chuck E. Cheese Pizza. And then Chuck E. Cheese was like, No, no. That's a premium version of our pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess there's like only one one. I was so it. hoping it's, I, I was so
2: hoping you'd just give us like a grown up like it's Charles Queso Pizza. <laughs> it's Charles, Charles Entertainment Queso. Cheese. Yeah, Charles <laughs>
0: Entertainment Cheese. Please, we have we know the we know the mouse's name. <laughs> the mouse no, has but children. That's, that's now. A, yeah, th-
1: that is a legit thing. And you know, I am only on this podcast to spread truth, and there's no fake news to be found here.
0: Absolutely so only I, only I, the I cold, hard facts.
1: insulted you would impugn my journalistic credibility in this way. John.
0: I think that's <laughs> fair. I think it's a good energy to start the podcast with is a real sort of aggressive attack uh, <laughs> and uh, yes. let's let's build on that. Uh, so thank you to everyone. we got a, a bunch of questions so we're gonna we're gonna just start with questions here. Uh, obviously, we're into the regular season now which means the uh prospects or not necessarily all prospects but the extended 60 player rosters are working at uh, each team's sort of secondary facility for the mariners that's cheney stadium down in tacoma the home of the rainiers uh, as well as the defiance and maybe other things there's a lot going on there however Currently, they're playing baseball, uh, almost literally currently, because as we record this, it's a there's an intra-squad game happening, and I believe Jared Kelnick has hit somewhere between three to five home runs, uh, and has <laughs> okay, just rid a two. real menace.
1: It's two and a triple, but still, uh, and a single. He was four for four right. last week. Last we go. checked in, he's so mad that he was sent to the alternate <laughs> train. Which, by the way, did you see the Yankees? And I don't know if this is like an effort to keep people away from trying to go there, but they just call it the alternate training site, like capital A, capital T, capital S, which makes it sound so secret? dystopian sci-fi. Yes, Clint Fraser has been optioned to the alternate training <laughs> site. <laughs> Like, uh, what to the? the it, to tube. be experimented on? Like, what is going on there?
2: Scranton, Wilkesboro, Chrono Freezer.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been to Scranton, and maybe they just don't want to uh, remind people that they're associated with Scranton. Sorry to any listeners who might be from, or in, or lovers of Scranton, but whew, mm-hmm. that's a rough town.
0: Uh, so. Let, let's start with Kelnick here, because we got a question on Kelnick. Um, game four, uh, when when this goes up, will be four games into the MLB season. And between camp and the first few games here, certainly, uh, one Mr. Kyle Lewis, who is technically still a prospect, uh, has looked very good. Uh, so a question from Chris W. at Zipkid CW. Zipkid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is more likely to stick in center field long-term, Kelnick or Kyle Lewis. Uh, Now, just, I mean, even a few weeks ago, this might not really have been much of a question because Kyle Lewis played center field a fair amount in the minors, but clearly looked still somewhat limited by his uh, multiple knee surgeries. But the Mariners have been playing him pretty consistently. I don't recall actually what if if he maybe even is playing it today, which uh, would be again. just I believe another... yes, he is in yes. center.
1: I believe yes, he is in center today.
0: Indubitably. Uh, yeah. So so what do you guys think that that is a more likely long term fit for him, or, or do you think uh, Kalnick has a shot to supersede him if and when he debuts? I think, uh, I, I
2: think Kellanek is probably going to supersede him or, or, you know, move him to a corner when he arrives. But that being said, like, I know this isn't like the most amazing take, but I think Kellanek's probably going to move off of center field by the time he turns like 27. Um, he's just, a, he's a really bulky guy and I don't know how his speed is necessarily going to age. Um, But I think, you know, at that point, Kyle Lewis is going to be 29, 30 years old. So he won't, I mean, he won't move back to center at that point. But it has been really, really fun watching Kyle Lewis play center field. I mean, the guy is moving better than, I know it's been said, but he's moving better than we've ever seen.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, that has been maybe for me the biggest revelation of summer camp is seeing... I mean, obviously, it's been really exciting to watch him blast the home runs, both in training camp and, you know, real counting games. Um, It's been great to watch him do something like he did in the game on Sunday, where he just took a pitch. He had a really good at-bat against Davinsky Mm -hmm. and hung in the box, you know, fouled off, I think, a very crucial pitch where Davinsky was hitting the outside corner against him and... He was just able to get to that and tap that foul. And, you know, like, if that's the barrel speed or barrel awareness, barrel ability, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm less concerned about his strikeout issues, really, because that was a good, smart at-bat. And it was, as Joe pointed out, it was an at-bat he learned from. Like, he had gone down on a similar pitch the at-bat before. So that's all very exciting to me. But, yeah, definitely I think the thing that could really help him and also take some pressure off of his bat is if he can play a center field for a while. He can play center field until Kelnick's ready. Kelnick, I think, has beautiful instincts in center. And any of his, I don't know how, I mean, I think the arm is pretty strong. Um, I think he's got more than enough of what it takes to be a center fielder. Would I put him up there with like the Myers, the Loriano's of the, no, like he's not. A plus 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 defensive center fielder but I think he's better than average Um, and then there's Jonathan Classe behind him if he (laughs) hits at all who's been building himself into a little tank over uh, quarantine so that's like your next step down so there's a pretty exciting run of center. I think we'll be able to watch some competent center field defense for (laughs) quite some time in Seattle and that's a really exciting
2: I will say we haven't seen kyle lewis get tested yet and that's Mm -hmm. what i'm a little weary like i want to see him making a play into the left center field gap and you know having to slide or lay out or you know do something that is more athletic than just gliding to a ball because i mean he looks incredibly comfortable just gliding to each fly ball i am not worried whatsoever when he's out there um so i'm waiting for that and then another thing i'll say about Kelnick is he is he's just a better athlete than than Kyle Lewis is I mean watching Kelnick play left field in some of those summer camp games it was pretty clear like his routes to the ball his reactions uh in getting the ball in on time and quickly he's just a quick twitch guy out there and I think having that ability in center field is not something that I've yet seen from Lewis but um, we'll see. I mean, I would love to see 60 games of Lewis in center field. I think it'd be fun or, you know, 55 or whatever.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think, I know you think Kelnick is bulky. I don't, I mean, I think his arms are bulky, but, and you know, his upper torso, I guess it's kind of, but he's real fast. Like he's pretty, he's pretty fast and he gets good reads. If anything, my concern with Kyle Lewis is he's just so big. I mean, he is huge six, five or whatever. I mean, he's, Hmm. he is a large human and I just don't know that he's going to, like you said, have that quick twitch or ability to, and I, I honestly, I'm fine with not seeing him like run into walls, like get good reads, play. So you don't have to dive or make a splashy play. Like I'm fine with that for, again, for the time being until Kelnick is ready.
0: Yeah. I think that is, that is really the key is that seeing Lewis, have to dive i mean (laughs) i don't really want to and i am going to sort of like uh you know clench my teeth hold my breath on that first few uh but even if he how fluid he looks doing that is going to make me feel a lot more comfortable and we haven't seen enough of it yet but i think that even just the the gliding as you put it joe like that makes me feel much more sort of confident about like uh him at least being sort of hannegar like in the outfield, where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't call you in a, an a solid or like an above-average center fielder, but it's not it's not absurd to put you in center field consistently, and especially if you have you know some good range on either other side, yeah, uh, that that is just fine. Where it's like, you know, you'd probably be better in a corner if you had the means, but you're not throwing your pitchers under the bus putting a kyle lewis center fielder out there no he's
2: kind of like michael saunders out there a little bit but obviously i think the arm is better than what saunders ever had and at the plate he's already proving to be at least a more impactful
0: bat lewis had a play in center and this was i mean it's play by play because again we've seen so few but he played a ball off the fence barehanded it um and just lasered it in really nicely um and it was it was like the type of play i believe it uh like it 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 wasn't the same as d's where he sort of played it it bounced up barehanded it and lasered it but it it saved an extra base i want to say it was uh it might have been the first game might have been the second game but i think lewis has been uh strong enough there where it's like you may it has not so much see like this is the center fielder as it will be like we're kind of rotating these guys through um and if you have an outfield that's hanniger lewis kelnick or you know eventually julio rodriguez in that group like you're going to have an above average defensive outfield now it seems much more likely yeah just as a reminder
1: too, like Obviously, the splash plays like diving or, you know, catching a ball up, at those are the things that grab the defensive highlights. But if you're diving for a ball, that means a lot of the time you didn't get a great break on it. And uh, I remember sitting with Class A at the Arizona Fall League and seeing a player make, like, what looked to me like a spectacular play, and everyone was oohing and aahing, and Class A was sitting there, and he like, I wouldn't have had to dive for that. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, oh, me necesito that's... deslizar. I,
1: think <laughs> like, I don't need to dive. Uh, so just a reminder that like, again, smooth and elegant and gliding and all these yeah. things, these things come from having good defensive instincts, taking good routes. And, yeah. you know, I'll take that over a dive any day.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go to another question on, on that timeline issue. Uh, talking about kelnick talking about uh Logan gilbert some of those top guys who we got to see uh as well as some other guys who um we not hadn't necessarily really seen live or if we'd seen a video of them it was somewhere in modesto or in the south atlantic league where uh your camera's Very in quality at best. Um, So we have a question from Seattle sports podcast uh, at C sports. Oh, hold up here. I've, I need to pull back up the full uh, handle there. Uh, That is at uh, C sports pod on Twitter. Uh, The question is most likely timeline for top prospects to be called up. As well as possible free agency ramification for prospects, depending on when they are called up, uh, like Kelnick's situation. Uh, so, in that particular circumstance, the most most pressing one is in Jared Kelnick, who, if the Mariners start him on the ro- or started him on the roster this year, or called him up in the next few days, because of how the Uh, league is treating this season where they are prorating service time in the majors to the length of the season Uh, it would be counted as essentially uh, a month or so of time in the big leagues to have uh, eight or nine days and that would functionally count for a a full year uh, of time on the back end so the difference between calling up now versus calling them up after that, versus calling him up a month into 2021, is up to two full years um, difference, which is very unfortunate, but uh, is is what the consideration is there. So, are there are there other guys um, who who what who do you think is sort of most likely to be next up of, of sort of that top prospect group of of sort of the guys right up there at the top? Maybe Gilbert, uh, Hancock, Kirby, um, Julio no lv etc well i
2: did a little bit of the i did a little bit of the math on Kelnick, just so we kind of have an understanding of like what's at play and what you can do here mm-hmm. and if the mariners play two more games so let's say the mariners get through the uh angels series for example um if that happens then they will gain a year uh of Kelnick service um, so he would then, if they called him up after the Angels series, he would then become a free agent in twenty twenty. Uh, uh, so 2026. Um, if If they started him on opening day next year, it would still be 2026 because service time at that point, you'd still be in between zero and one year. If they waited until April 12th, I believe it was April 12th that I figured it out, two weeks into the 2021 season, then you're looking at 2027 as um, his free agent year. So, like, if you're gonna call him up, you gotta just kind of call him up now and expect him to be the the guy for the yeah, do future. it But and just get do more it of and, him like, at the major league it. level. Yeah. But I mean, I'm with I'm with I think the majority when I say I wouldn't call Kelnick up this season because, I mean, do you really want to burn an entire service year of controllability uh, for for 55 games or 50 games, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow when uh, conceivably your entire competitive window is in front of you. Now, like, our staff writer Tim Cantu made a good point. If the Mariners are, are in this thing and they're in the playoff hunt, you know, with 25 games to go, then by all means, call him up and figure out the rest later if he makes your team better. But... I don't see that happening. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, as far as the other guys go, like Gilbert, Julio, um, I mean, I wouldn't expect to see those guys uh, this season at all unless there is a, you know, an outbreak in the team. And, you know, God forbid that happen, But uh, I, I just can't see a reason to bring any of those guys up and start their clocks now when – when you have an entire season in front of you next season to to do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, I I agree on uh on really all all of the guys that they have there. I I think Kelnick is is in an unfortunate spot to so to speak, where the Mariners, you know, it, it's not like well, if it were last year and you were in the same position. That would be one thing where it's like the Mariners are running out clear non, non-players non uh, at multiple positions on, on any given night. Uh, non-players, just like non-future components, you know, starting four or five different utility players at once. You know, that's not really... The situation like I, the
1: orioles are running out any given right. night like there is right. a difference between what the orioles are running out and what the mariners even if the records look the same on paper those are not the same two teams
0: yeah no. so, so baseball, it is of baseball is low right and and so you know you have a situation where it's like would i rather watch jared kelnick than malik smith yes is there still a very good reason that you should play Malik Smith because he has been a successful major league player recently and still has all those tools? Yes. So, you know, I think I, I probably, I would like, I would love to see Kalnick this year, especially if something like that circumstance where you outlined Joe uh, came up, but I don't, I don't think we will. And I, don't think unfor- I would love to see him i will say opening day next year especially because yes you know you're you're potentially losing out on a little bit of service time there but the so much of this so much of this whole plan is you need those guys you need Kalnick, you need gilbert you need uh you know the the guys that are currently on the roster to be good at the same time and that generally You know, sometimes you will have a Juan Soto. Sometimes you will have, you know, a Ronald Acuna. More often than not, guys will be, guys who are really, really, really good are not immediately really, really, really good. You know, there are plenty of absolute stars who are, only okay to start or they start out really good and then they're you know they get need to adjust a little bit but then by the time they're 23 24 25 like jared's super young and he will still have a ton of time to to get better mariners you know if you think this is the guy you work out some sort of extension whether that's now whether that's in you know obviously it'd be amazing if they did it now but even if it's you know what the what the Angels did with Mike Trout, which Jerry Depoto was in charge of the Angels the, for his first extension, like it's not like he is unfamiliar with signing potential star uh, outfielders uh, who came up out of high school uh, to long extensions, and you know he was paid very well in that contract, and it still wasn't a, probably a huge savings for them. So uh, yeah, well, the only think, question,
1: yeah. sorry. No, the only question for me would be if I mean if they're going to give Evan White a big long-term deal like they've got to mm. be willing to extend one to Kelnick too, right? Like they're sure. looking at this guy and this is the face of the future face of the franchise. Yeah. So the only question for me is does Kelnick still hold out some dream of one day playing for his hometown Brewers and or does he really believe that he's going to be the guy in Seattle and he's going to be the one who Helps yeah. rescue this franchise from its years. So it's a little bit of salesmanship. Like they have to make sure he's really happy. They have to make sure he loves it here and that he, an appeal to his very particular personality trait. Like if you tell Jared Kelnick you are the savior and you're gonna be the face of our franchise when we win a World Series, I think he would respond to that. Yeah. So, <clears throat>
2: John, you brought up a really important point uh, in in kind of talking about this Kelnick ordeal. We, as the Mariners, have to give Malik Smith at-bats because he has three years of controllability left, and all of those are slated to be with the with the Mariners. If you all of a sudden put this guy out there once or twice a week, he's going to rot, and he's going to lose his value. So if you use 2020 as an opportunity to give him five days a week in the field and he somehow goes out and you know steals 30 bags and hits 270, well then, you know, maybe the Mariners have some sort of like Manuel Margot uh type trade up their sleeve mm-hmm. for this next offseason because mm-hmm. if he if you eliminate his value entirely, you're stuck with him, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that as he has he has no value. You can't move him. And there's right. probably not going to be space for him um certainly not in 2022, but in 2021 either.
0: Right. Uh real quick, I want to touch on just some of the some of the other guys on there just kind of a more vague timeline but wait i want to uh, say one
1: thing about oh, kelnick go ahead. first sorry yeah no go <clears throat> if kelnick every day it's, i mean this is like a wild outcome this probably won't happen but if kelnick goes out there every day and is hitting two home runs off of a variety of pitchers including your mlb experience guy, if he <laughs> puts up at bats every day like he did today and he's just consistently Outplaying his peers, I feel like you have to call, you have to reward that. Like, you, what developmental purpose does it serve to just leave him there? Like,
2: or you have to pay him. Yeah, I mean, give him,
1: give him an extension, bring him up, give him this weird dress rehearsal year that the rest of the prospects are having. Like, you know, this is a good year for Evan White to get his first taste of MLB. I think he goes to all these stadiums, he gets to play in front of them. Yeah, it's like a dress rehearsal. There are no fans like you can just focus on the game and then you have a level of comfort and he's going to go back next year and and already feel like a big big leaguer while still kind of being a rookie. So I don't know for me. It's just like I don't think that the service time is so important. Unless you think Kelnick doesn't want to stay. And in in that case, I think you have a way bigger problem, which is that yeah. you have not pitched the franchise effectively to him. Right. Uh, and then the, the years don't even matter because you're just trying to hold on to him. And why don't you have a product that's good enough that he wants to stick around for it? So right. I don't think that's their problem. So why not? Anyway, yeah. that's my and I, and, on the matter. and
0: I think even if even if Kelnick's not necessarily interested in signing an extension now, if he wants to come up, play, prove that he is a legit big leaguer, and then you you know obviously then the Mariners have to pay him more money, which if they if he is as good as they think he is, they should, so that he will stick around and be that face of the franchise, uh, you know that sort of cornerstone, as you said, Kate, you know that. Paying yeah, it's not really my money, good players like, who want right. Pay
1: pay like, your pay your stars if you think he's a star. Yeah. Pay your star yeah.
0: and and keep you know. I mean, yeah, that like obviously you know it's getting way ahead of yourself. But like if you're if you think this is the centerpiece of the organization's success in the next decade, which they clearly do, and probably you know he needs to be realistically in in many ways, um, you know that's someone who you should be preparing to pay anyway. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I And think... like,
1: at what point has Kelnick showed yet? He's only been a mariner for, you know, what, two years, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: at what point has he ever showed that he's not the guy I've mm-hmm. never seen. Even no, he's when he's become
0: more guy. He's
1: become even <laughs> more the guy with every single <laughs> passing day. Exactly. So,
0: um, regarding the pitchers just real quick I I think there's less there are times obviously where there's some service times shenanigans with pitchers but I think generally uh it's less common and I think there's sort of more legitimacy with regards to Logan Gilbert on you do want him to really refine his off-speed pitches so that when he's coming up he's as sharp as possible and um and and I think he would have been up this year I mean it, it was very likely he was going to be up this year. So I think we, he could very well be a guy who starts the 2021 season in, in Seattle or is there very, very soon. Um, and especially college guys, you know, you kind of want to get them up sooner anyway, so that you're having them pitching in the pros for more of their sort of physical prime. Uh, so I think for him, and then you, you kind of look at Kirby and Williamson Um Kirby maybe a little quicker than Williamson, but just kind Hancock. of a couple of years, yeah. And even Hancock, um, you know, I Hancock. think Williamson Williamson has a little more sort of development that I would imagine they'll need to see from him, just because he's had more injury issues and has had, I think, less ex- sort of dominant uh, experience in. I think Williamson's starts.
1: repertoire too is one that takes a little longer to. Hmm. Totally refined yeah. because it's so heavily based on the off-speed, the cur- I mean, everything is kind mm-hmm. of centered around that beautiful curveball. So,
0: right. Yeah, I think I think you, you probably look at it and you say, not next year for Kirby or the yeah. you know that whole group. But it's also but you probably of t- see him a year after that.
1: Amount of time needed to develop that third pitch too. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even with Gilbert, it's been like a process with pitchers. I feel a little like position players. I'm always like, go ahead as soon as you can, like throw them in, especially with this weird short year. Mm. I feel exactly the opposite with pitchers, like with this weird short year and with guys turning up hurt. I mean, we have Verlander hurt. We have Kluber hurt. Like, uh, it's a, it's a rough time to go out there after not pitching for four months or whatever. And,
2: That's and a be good point
1: throwing to the best players mm. in the universe so um yeah I'm, I'm all for leaving everybody down as long as possible and just kind of running this year with bounce back candidates and guys who like maybe it, again like Dunn and sheffield like guys who will really benefit from having this dress rehearsal year mm.
0: um We got another question from Kepler Swanson at Kepler underscore Swanson. Um, And it's a quicker one related to Kirby as well. Uh, Has anyone seen George Kirby throw in camp or in Tacoma yet? Uh, And I can't remember. Kate, I believe you, we didn't do recaps for the sort of untelevised games, but uh, I believe George Kirby threw uh, in one of the weekend games uh, briefly, am I am I remembering that? correctly? Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: if anyone's seen him throw, I assume it's like beat reporters. It's not yeah. us, so uh, we're hoping to get some credential at Tacoma at some point. Yeah. We the spots we are really limited. Yeah, we have in the past. Um, they have like seven, I think. So obviously, it's all the 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 big guys right now while mm. the team is on the road. Hopefully once they return to T-Mobile, there will be some space and mm. and maybe we'll get a chance to see uh, Kirby and then Williamson and then Campbell is honestly probably even more than those other two because at least we can pull up like some footage from Everett mm. or there were people who saw them in, in Everett. Campbell to me is the total wild card, have not seen him at all, didn't. Uh, Through a little bit in the summer camp, but, you know, yeah, I had a nothing couple,
0: that. But, yeah.
2: I saw Kirby a couple yeah. times in Everett, but, I mean, pitchers from one year to another, I mean, they, come, they become totally different creatures. Look at Logan Gilbert. I mean, he was totally different than as advertised when drafted just a year later. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. We need to see George Kirby and Brandon Williamson and Isaiah Campbell, like, live before we should probably make any assumptions of where they're at right but i would i would assume every single person we've just listed will start at double a in 2021 i would think
0: interesting i hmm. i'm
2: not saying that they're going to be ready but like if you draft a 22 year old and then he's 23 and this year and then he's 2024 20, the next year like all of a the sudden sure. these are high college draft picks at high a
0: i think i will say i think they've been pretty set a guy at one level and wait till they dominate with their position players but they like they started logan gilbert last year in west virginia and by the end he was dominating double a you know yeah. I, I i could very well see i i get i get what you're saying i don't think it would be outrageous but i do think my my guess at least would be i think you see a fair number of them in modesto and then quickly sort of push up um you know just just as in 110 in that group as well um you know if they're if they're performing in part just cuz uh it makes sense with the timeline of the guys they have in front of them i think you double a does make more sense just cuz that's where you know they had most of those guys who would have been in double a this year will probably be in the bigs, uh, or should be in the bigs or, or triple a. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go on to, uh, a question, uh, from, uh, Curtis Christensen at Curtis C underscore 24 on Twitter. Uh, and this is a comparative question here, but, do the Mariners have the best group of prospects among AL West teams? Oh, that's a
1: good one. Uh, yes, first Curtis. Of all, first <laughs> first <laughs> of all though. Yes, Curtis, there is a Santa Claus. First of all, let's let's cl- let's do a roundup. Let's let's round up the prospects from the AL West. Hmm. Um the angels let's start with them because i think if there's anyone of this group that has a an argument against the mariners i think it's got to be the
0: angels do you guys agree
2: i think it's the athletics personally but I, I i would
0: have i would have also said the a's although
2: but the angels have they're super top heavy so you got that you know
0: the a's are also i mean it's they have much more in their pitching than they do in their in their uh, position players uh, and and a number of those guys are at the big league level now so yeah. like Puck yeah. and uh Lizardo. so yeah yes. I think the angels are compare best uh, well let's I don't start, think and I don't I think, think the, the Astros easiest, or rangers are rangers or the are
2: easiest way best. to do this is to start at the bottom and the Astros are a tire fire yes so the Astros
1: let's talk about the Astros
2: they have Forrest Whitley. And on to the Rangers. So. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like, Forrest Whitley, we don't even know if... Like, he was he was broken last year. He was horrible last year. So, terrible. So we're gonna terrible. Kyle <laughs> Lewis terrible. voice. So, we're going to have to see what he even is. But, like, honestly, there's almost nothing behind that. It's almost like it's a Abraham total... Toro.
1: Like, it's a mismatch, I think, with Forrest Whitley's personality and the Astros. Like, they don't seem particularly happy with him. He doesn't seem super happy with them. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, a clash in pitching philosophy or personal nature or whatever. But, you know, he's had some PED suspensions, although not really PED. It was maybe just, like, a stimulant that he took to get through his driving time. But we've heard, like, maybe some makeup questions. Although, who's asking those makeup questions? It's weird. Weirdly, too, Whitley is close with some of the guys in our org. He and Penn Murphy are really, really good friends. Well, they were so, teammates
0: in the AFL, right? They were that teammates in the yeah.
1: AFL, yeah. And I, So, if you... I really like Penn Murphy as a person and I think if you like Penn Murphy, that says more good things about you than whatever these other... So, anyway, it's a curious situation. But I agree with you, Joe. Like, there's... There's just nothing. kind of not a lot behind that maybe mm-hmm. i mean they've got a bunch of pitching prospects the astros prize pitching prospects who throw a hundred with 40 control i say this over and over again but they do Johanse torres might be killer but like he's you know, so rec- far
2: away though
1: i i mean his i just watched him in the afl throw balls at the backstop so yeah it's
2: I mean they've got like Brian Abreu and Christian Javier who frankly they impressed me last night but I don't think they're starters. I think that no. they're probably going to be relievers and so yeah. You know like it, Abraham Toro is fine. Like he's he's fine. Like he's Kyle Tucker is be super
1: annoying. Not really a a prospect. He's not really but a prospect he's going to be anymore, super super annoying. He's going to be really time. good
2: when Reddick or Springer leaves this year but yeah. I mean as far as like strictly prospect rankings go, the Astros are one of the probably worst three teams in the league, and it's only going to get worse, because they don't have a first or second round pick next year, and I can't see the way that that team is Oh, I forgot that it
1: was next year, too. I thought it was just this year. That's
2: no. That's right,
1: it's next year, too. Mwah! Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they So, and they did draft Victor Medeiros, who was, like, he's fine. I had a second round grade on him, but he's easily five years away. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah. and, and you, this is not the type of roster that's constructed to move pieces for prospects. Like, this is their window, and it's just, it yeah. is what it is. It's kind of Seattle in 2018. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But the Rangers Yes, are,
1: let's talk Rangers.
2: They're a little they're bit better. they
0: interesting. They are weird, because they they're have... We- that's fair. They, they have a number of guys who it's like, man, if they put it together or man, if they finally get healthy, you're, you're looking at somebody, but so, so many of their guys literally for the last decade, and they've actually had a fairly consistent sort of leadership. Um, so there's a little bit more to sort of, uh, you know, judge on, on that, I think, but they have had so many guys come up with very deserved hype and and potential and not really transfer that into big league production. You know, I mean, Nomar Mazzara, uh, rugnando Oduor. You know, Joey Gallo is getting there now, hey. um, but you know, Jerks pro and Profar. Pro yeah. I mean, yeah, and and they have not been able to develop pitching the way that they you know nope. they have had a lot of guys who have been fine looking but like joe palumbo kind of looks like just a guy like they uh, you know they Hans really... Kraus has the
1: crazy head whack and it's <laughs> yeah. hurt that's the and other it's thing too is I mean, all it's their in, guys are insane.
0: hurt it's insane so they have they have those guys and then they have these really really impressive physical guys who you know, if one of or two of them turn into something, you know, and Apostle, or however his name mm-hmm. is pronounced. I've never actually said it out loud, but Apostle? Sherton Apostle. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that sounds a bit better. Apostle. Uh, you know, just 6'4", you know, infielder, really impressive power, really impressive, uh, you know, sort of skills. But he's quite, you know, he's still a ways away. You know, their top prospect probably is... Uh, yeah, Leone Tavares is like he's in the big leagues now at 21, but he's also mm-hmm. like been super inconsistent relative to his physical tools. Calhoun,
1: Calhoun they have Calhoun, right?
0: Uh, they do have Calhoun, who he's is hurt, graduated hurt too, and though. also, yeah, I mean, he's technically not a prospect anymore, but you know, he's hurt and, and probably, probably a not, a is probably a DH, which yeah. is also what Nick yeah. Solak is, who they traded for. Um, Nick you know.
2: Solak <laughs> is just like he's just Nick Franklin or like Brad Miller. Who, I, I really who, don't think. Who,
1: by the way. When that trade happened, there were a lot of people yelling that the Mariners should have traded Encarnacion for that. But apparently, Mm. well, that um, was yeah. They wanted it was the Rays, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, The Rays wanted us to send Cal Raleigh along with that, and if we had traded Cal Raleigh and Edwin Encarnacion for Nick Solak, my head would have flown off. Yeah, which they were never doing. But
2: I have had enough of these like utility prospects that have can't miss hit tools and that's that's all nick solak is like he's a 55 hit that can bounce around he's he's brad miller he's nick franklin he's you know all of these utility types that never find a home and like i think seattle like as a fan base has been burned by that profile way too many times now
0: yeah i I think that's fair um so those those two are, are a little bit, uh, you know, a little ways behind oh, the A's. Sam Huff. Have, I want to oh. say
1: Sam Huff. I do like, sure. I really like Sam Huff, who's Sam Huff a is, catcher I who like can Sam actually Huff, hit. I think he's, he's their got, best prospect. I like him more than Josh
0: Young.
2: Yeah. But. He's got more power. In my opinion, I think he's got more power than Cal Raleigh for catching, which is saying yeah. something.
0: Um, I think that's fair. Right. So... We got the. I mean, it's it's at least a reasonable comparison. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hear, I, they, I hear Kate... they're,
2: they're similar profiles. Although I think Cal Raleigh is going to be able to stay behind the plate. I don't know if Sam Puff is. He's like six five.
1: Yeah, he he's a big boy. He's so big.
0: Um, yeah. Um, okay. So Oakland, Oakland and the A's, or Oakland and the Angels, rather. Um, just Oakland, sort of more straightforward. You know, has a few fabulous pitching prospects. And then kind of a lot of yeah. um. Of well, minutes, and so. you have to count but,
1: Sean Murphy, even though he's like their starting catcher yes. this year, and will yeah. run right. out of rookie eligibility or run out of right prospect status.
2: Yeah. But
0: yes. yeah. he's a but good. is AJ someone Puck, who is someone who is you know solid. I think will be a solid catcher yeah. for them for for quite some time.
2: And and they just shut down AJ Puck again.
0: Yes. Yeah. Shoulder shoulder strain. So straight. like.
2: This is the second time that's happened with him, so and Lazardo has been a glass palace himself. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I think Lazardo could be an ace. Like he is, he pitched the other day and it was nasty. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Lazardo um, is nasty. If he can yeah. remain healthy, he is absolutely a huge yeah. problem. So Lazardo the Lozardo Murphy battery is not one that I enjoy the idea of facing but like joe i'm surprised to hear you say this because i think you said you don't like the like super utility hit strong hit tool and i mean i think that's what nick allen is like sheldon noisy is a dh i think that's what logan davidson is in a lot of ways like i i don't know i i see a lot of like Scrappy little white dudes, that is their prospect piece. I very, like, very Oakland A's.
2: I did like Logan Davidson in the draft, but that was primarily because that college shortstop class was just vomit-worthy, and he was the it only was one with... It El Garbo. Yeah, he was the only one with upside with the bat, and now he hasn't translated it into pro ball. Um, kind of like how he struggled in the Cape prior to the draft. So... But, yeah, I, I do like Sheldon Noisy. I think he could be, uh, you know, a decent Dylan Moore type. But my only comment on that was, like, I'm, I'm just tired of acquiring them. I'm tired of, like, throwing them out there and kind of seeing what you've got. I'm really just a fan of plug-and-play prospects like Jared Kelnick, who has a position, who has a skill set, who, you know, you, you kind of know what you expect when you bring him up. Um and i don't know i i just i'm kind of tired of putting infield prospects just wherever we're devoid on the infield if that makes sense
0: yeah no very much so uh Sed so Long's let's one, with long as another long
2: as uh concrete sorry he's got a concrete spot now which is good i hated him in left yes. field i'm glad he's at second base
0: yeah i think it suits him better he, he's got good oh, yes. quick hands he's got the he's got his got good arm action for an infielder he's just you know a little, and shag- A little shakier. Yeah, Just... and it could very easily improve. Um, so tell me right, about the Angels. right, let's, let's what, talk what, Angels. Let me, me Angels. make my case
1: for the Angels. Yeah. Uh, my case for the Angels is they have arguably the best prospect in all of these divisions with Joe Adele, sure. um, whose strikeout numbers continue to concern me, but Kyle Lewis has taught me to learn to let go of my k percentage concerns. <laughs> Uh, there are lots of ways to be useful, and he is, and I mean, I got to respect, like, all the prospect writers who are just, just salivate over him, like, see through my angel's hatred momentarily and I grudgingly admit that Joe Dell is probably the best prospect in the A.O. West. Um, then you back that up with a ton of other position players, like Brandon Marsh is very solid, I think. He's Jake Fraley, but if Jake Fraley was actually hitting uh jordan adams is pretty exciting um very high variance which i feel like is as a complaint Mm -hmm. you could levy against the angels um jam jones uh jeremiah jackson they sure love their alliteration and guys whose names start with J. I always struggle to remember them all but i don't know i just feel like there's a lot of upside there is a strong potential that guys could not work out Griffin Canning looked pretty nasty when we saw him today. The controls looked like it fell apart. I still don't know that I believe the Angels can develop a pitching prospect, but there is too, though. my that's true. He will graduate this year, but or Thank he, he threw well, like hundred innings eat. last yeah, he's year. Got innings. I mean, he's he's still young enough that when yeah. I think prospect, I think like guys guys who are going to be a problem for us in the future, right? Um, guys who are not, like, rentals are here for just a couple years, but, like, long-term potential extension candidates. Um, But I think um, there is a lot of high variance, but my argument against the Mariners has always been, like, they take the safe college players, they don't really roll the dice. The A's have been burned on rolling the dice. Hello, Kyler Murray. The Angels, I don't know that we've seen it quite yet, but... Uh, It's very annoying, their ability to take Luis Renjifo, uh, who I think maybe Tampa Bay possibly fixed, but now he's like a stalwart in their lineup. Like, I don't know. Um, For me, I think this collection is more impressive than Oakland's just because of the higher upside.
2: Here's my counterpoint to the Angels. I do like Joe Adele a lot. I don't know if I would take Joe Adele over... Over Kelnick, just because I think Kelnick brings more tools to the table. Personally, I know Adele's are louder, but I think Kelnick's a more complete player. I do like Marsh. I think he is a just a half a tick better than Jake Fraley in every way. But
0: they are similar. Big.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I mean, what Jake Fraley's ceiling could be, uh, I think Brandon Marsh is a full point better on just about every scale yeah i I like jordan adams i like jeremiah jackson and reed detmers is probably going to be fine but after those five it's like it's it's so bad their their top prospects are it's so 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 top heavy that i'm i'm just not sure if they had really like anybody else like chris rodriguez and patrick sandoval should pitch this year but like they're both number fives, and they're both in the top ten prospects for that team. So, yeah, I mean they've got some guys at the top that are pretty exciting, but I'm just not sure. They're like there where Seattle was a couple years ago when we had, or yeah, I think two years ago when we had Julio Rodriguez and Kyle Lewis and Evan White, and then it was like, and like who like who else? It's just so top heavy. So. That's, I think, where the Mariners really differentiate themselves in the AL West is, I mean, Kyle Lewis is the 10th prospect on the team. Um, the top 10 is all big leaguers, in my opinion. So, and Jake Fraley's 11. So, I just think the depth and the star power at the top. Uh, so, yeah, I think Seattle is head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in the AL West, but there are some dudes like Lazardo and Adele that are going to are going to, you know, rival the
0: Kalanics and the Julios. Yeah. I think they're sort of a mirror, uh, an inversion of Seattle in, in many ways with, with those sort of extremely toolsy guys, high, high ceiling sort of lower floor. And then a bunch of pitchers who are very much geared towards getting to the bigs more quickly. Um, so I, I am curious to see if, especially if Seattle's, uh, well sort of much ballyhooed uh pitching development can give them a bit of an edge there which oh yeah just in case it wasn't clear i
1: i definitely still think that the mariners have the best collection of prospects in the al west because they take elements from all those different systems like they've Mm. got the pitching depth but then also, the development that the Rangers both do and do not have. They have the utility mm. guy types that the A's have. They have the superstar potential that the athletics have. And they've got guys who can just hit, like Jared. Mm. I mean, it's a, it is a—it is too heavy to the pitching side, but we'll just trade with the Padres for some of their position players. Because <laughs> they can't develop pitching, so, ba-boom, problem there solved. You go. There
0: you go. Uh, okay, well, let's, let's move to, a uh, question, sort of series of question here. Um, basically stemming from, uh, at Joe Vieira on Twitter, Joviera, uh, local reporter, uh, wondering generally, is Jose Marmolejos a prospect? And, uh, by the strict sort of definitions of, uh, most prospect lists, I believe, no, he is not due to age and uh, other other sort of issues, there, or not issues, but, but specifically by age. But uh, ostensibly, he's made his MLB debut. Um, he's someone that the Mariners seem to see more in than other clubs have. Um, is he somebody who could make a space for himself long term or is he more just someone filling a space or as kate uh put it is this anything
2: i
1: think that's a, that's a david Letterman <laughs> reference for those of you who are very very young
0: yes that i was really hoping that someone would explain what that was because it looks great yeah, it's, but
1: it's a it's a david litterman show bit that he used to do where it was called is okay. this anything and the curtain okay. would lift and there would be something weird no. going on behind it and no. you had to decide if this was anything
0: <laughs> now colin he also played Will, as, Will. yeah
1: okay.
0: So that is Will It Float, which Colin O'Keefe yes. recommended, also a David Letterman thing? Okay, wonderful. Yes. So will, yes. will Jose Marmalejos float, I suppose, is the question. I no,
1: think. no, no. The question is, is this anything with Jose oh, Marmalejos? Which I have to say, like, long term, probably not. Like, he's mm-hmm. had his struggles in lead em, the Dominican League. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think he's really great. I love him as a person. I think he's perfect for this year. And he's perfect to kind of be filling space during this time, and then I wish him well beyond that. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's a—I mean, maybe he unseats Vogelback if they're really that unhappy with Vogelback. Um, mm-hmm. If he—if he proves he can hit, that's like I think the best case. But he doesn't have a ton of defensive um, defensive versatility. Even though they are, you know, will (laughs) bravely trying him in the outfield. I don't, Mm. I don't think that's a necessarily great place for him. First base DH. So we'll see. Uh, The other answer to will this float, does it float is uh, Dylan Moore. And the answer is yes. All right.
0: No question. No follow-ups necessary. No,
1: no follow-ups necessary. If you, if you look at Dylan Moore, you, you will understand why he floats
2: um it's his booty
0: <laughs> that is someone's new ringtone thank you kate uh okay <laughs> let's let's go uh we've got a couple more questions we got a cu- couple a pair of questions that i'm going to sort of push together here uh one from uh anders jorstad staff writer at anders jorstad on twitter uh which is do you think that we'll notice a difference in development next year between players who made the 60 man roster the versus those that didn't say isaiah campbell who is on the 60 man roster versus uh devon sweet uh, or something similar uh who pitched quite well uh in multiple levels uh and but did not make the the 60 men roster uh and we got another question uh similarly related to the development issue uh from nine at kyle lewis goat uh emoji baseball emoji at seattle underscore 09 on twitter which is if Kelnick is crushing our pitchers down there uh at what point does that hurt everyone's development Um, So basically a couple of developmental questions, what the value is for being in that alternate site, ominous uh, location versus uh, being at the, uh, you know, being at home with maybe more versatility, but not necessarily the opportunity to actually work live at bats and things like that. I mean, next
2: year is going to be really interesting because it's kind of inferred at this point that minor league contraction is going to begin to take shape. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as painful as that is to see a bunch of um, minor league organizations lose affiliation, I think it's going to kind of parse out. Um, you know, some players. Unfortunately, I think I think you'll start to see uh, a different construct in minor league baseball next year where. The most, you know, big league um, ready players are gonna occupy double A AA and triple A, and then you're gonna see the younger kids at uh, at high A and if there is short season, uh, short season. So I think a lot of the guys that we see right now uh, in the alternate site are gonna are gonna be in double A AA or triple A for the majority of next year, competing against you know similar type players. Whereas um, high A and if there is a, you know, maybe an extended spring training team it is going to be a lot of the guys that are like 19 and younger. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, there is probably going to be a talent gap. But I, if I'm just projecting, I think it's going to be separated by minor league uh, ball clubs.
1: I think a lot of it will have to do with how people are preparing and performing. Um, I think the guys who aren't invited to the site necessarily, like, obviously, uh, they've been kind of told directly or indirectly that they're not um, organizational priorities, and I don't know that that sits well with a lot of guys, Uh, and I think some of them will come back and be really motivated by that and motivated to prove people wrong. And, um, I know that a lot of them are really getting after it in quarantine. And I think that there will be a, a pretty clear, I'm so interested to watch those first few spring training practices games. Cause I think it's going to be pretty clear immediately who was putting in their work and who was kind of taking it easy and, um, I think there's going to be some shifting because of that, um, guys who were maybe like just, just a little bit behind are going to leap ahead. John and I just recorded a podcast. Sadly, it's having some audio issues, so we're waiting for that to come through, but with Gerard Bayless, who, Jared Bayless? Jared. Jared. Um, it is spelled like Gerard, sorry. This is how I keep the various Jareds separate in my head. Um who's really he's spending his quarantine really really getting after it he's up to like 90 into the 90s whereas he was before sitting in 89 and uh you know he's just really taking this time as a challenge and i think those guys are going to come back and they're going to open up eyes
0: yeah yeah i think it i think it's really hard to uh see how you can necessarily get uh, immediately ahead by not being in the in the 60-player group just because simply the organization's eyes are not on you, whereas the organization's eyes are on the guys that they have there. Uh, but there, there are a number of players who, you know, the opportunity to focus on getting stronger or improving velocity or improving you know, a particular pitch isn't the worst thing in the world. And just what will be more important is getting stronger, getting sort of smarter and then coming out and getting a chance to show that. Um, I do think, uh, to the, to the second question, I don't think Kelnick sort of rocking, um, some of the, some of the pitchers down in Tacoma is going to hurt anyone developmentally. Cause I think, Uh, You know, if you can't get a guy who was good in double A out, you know, that's going to be a much more significant issue longer term.